Heavenly Father, we are so grateful every time that we have an opportunity in a service like this to remember what you've done for us. Um, unfortunately, God, it's something in the day-to-day, uh, just routine and busyness of our lives that we don't spend enough time reflecting on. Uh, the fact that you sent your son to die on the cross for us uh, so we can have new life in you, a uh, fresh start, a uh, new beginning. Um, so we thank you for that. Uh, God, and may we not forget, but even as we go out uh, from this week, from this place this morning uh, into the new year, uh, may that be something that's continually on our minds. Uh, and that may that bring you glory and honor and praise because you are worthy of it. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Happy New Year to all of you. Uh, in just a moment, before we dive in, the ushers are going to make their way down the aisles this morning with a couple of items. They're going to have Bibles and bulletins. Or if you are in need of either one of those, just go ahead and slip up your hand. They'd be happy to get those to you. A Bible so that you can follow along with us this morning as we dive into this message. Uh, we're going to be jumping around to a few different passages. And then certainly a, uh, a bulletin as well, so you can kind of be in the know on all that's going on uh, at LifePoint here in the, the near future, and then even in the months to come. Uh, we'd love for you to be aware of those things. Also in the seat back pockets in front of you, there's a white card. It's a half sheet or a quarter sheet, I should say. Uh, it's our connection card. We'd love for you to, uh, to take that out, write your name down, uh, perhaps jot a prayer request or a praise down on the back side of that. You can drop those in the offering baskets as those are passed at the end of the service. Uh, it's just a way for you to kind of let us know as a staff, as a prayer team, some of the things that are going on in your life. Uh, we'd love to join you in praying for those things. Uh, and so certainly uh, take advantage of that. If you are newer to LifePoint, though, and, and maybe kind of want to take that next step or identify yourselves like, hey, what, what do I do next? Uh, instead of dropping that card in the basket at the end of the service, as you'll see others doing around you, we did invite you to take that card out to our connection hub in the main lobby, and you can exchange that for a gift. Um, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm, I'm all excited about New Year's Eve, I guess, but honestly, at this point in my life, I just want to go to bed. Um, but I do have a strategy, though, for how I'm going to get my kids to go to bed, right? Uh, thank God for YouTube and fake ball drop videos, um, because that's what they'll be seeing uh, way earlier than 12 o'clock. Um, so if you want to talk through that strategy with me, I've already thought through it. Uh, so if you've got little kids and, and you need help with that, uh, come, come talk to me. We'll, we'll nail that down for you. <laughs> Uh, this morning, uh, we're diving into kind of a standalone message as we uh, wrap up this year, if you will. And when we're talking about a fresh start. Now, a fresh start, if you wanted to, to define it or it's been defined by others, is simply as a new beginning, right? Or some others may say it's an opportunity to start over without prejudice, without judgment from others. It's a, it's a clean slate, if you will. Now, I would think that most of us would appreciate or like the idea of a fresh start or a new beginning. And certainly there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, first, you know, fresh starts, uh, they offer the hope of something better, right? A fresh start offers the hope of something better. It's, it's a chance for us to leave our past behind. Or, or maybe it's a, it's a chance for us to build on our past in order to have a better future, Another reason I think that we come to appreciate a fresh start is that it allows us to dream of what could be, right? It's kind of like we're standing before a blank canvas and we get to envision what our life is going to be like. We get to let our mind wander for a little bit. We get to dream and just think, what could happen now that I have this fresh start? A fresh start also fills us with a sense of anticipation. 
We're excited about the unknown. We're excited about this uncharted territory. Or, or, you know, we're excited about all of the new possibilities and new opportunities that are before us as a result of this fresh start. Now, of course, a fresh start can come in a wide variety of ways, right? You may experience a fresh start uh, in, in a number of different ways. Certainly a few examples of that might be uh, the beginning of a season, right? The beginning of a season for any sports team is a fresh start because whether you were in first place last year or you were in dead last as the Cleveland Browns are about to be um, and have already locked that up, right? They get to start next year with the same record as everybody else. They are zero and zero. And so in a sense, a new season brings about anticipation for what could be, right? A new season even brings about hope for a good year. Now, that being said, as a Bears fan, I feel like most years I go in with a false sense of hope, right? It's kind of like fool's gold, right? It's shiny, but there is absolutely no value, right? I, I found out from Luke's bio that he works with the offense at Sac State. So, bro, I'm wondering if maybe you could, I don't know, come up with a little bit of a wide receiver for us and use dialogue with the Bears because we need some serious help, right? <laughs> now, it, the other thing, though, I learned with, with sports and fresh starts is that uh, from my cubbies, it's, it's just proof that if you hope long enough, it will happen, right? Eventually, it will happen. You just have to be in for the long haul. Another example, though, of fresh starts is a school year. A, a school year is a fresh start for every student. It's the hope of better grades. It's the hope of a better experience, perhaps. In a similar way, uh, a new job could be uh, uh, or offers a fresh start as well because it, it's the excitement of, again, new possibilities, new opportunities. Whenever I have opportunity to uh, golf with my dad, one of the things he encourages me to do or encourages both of us to do is approach each new hole or each hole as a new game, right? In other words, you step up to the tee box, it is a fresh start. Why? Because we probably stunk it up on the last hole and we just need to forget, right? I was playing a round of golf one time, just nine holes, lost nine balls, one per hole. Solid average, right? It's a solid average. I'm not very good. I, I enjoy it, but it's, it's an appropriate perspective for me to have when it comes to golf. Um, now, growing up in the Midwest outside of the Chicago land or in the Chicago land area, uh, I experienced a fresh start as a kid whenever we had snow days, right? Now, I realize a number of you cannot relate to that experience, so just allow me to paint you a picture, right? As a kid, a snow day is the epitome of a fresh start even for just a day, right? Even for just a day. There's nothing like waking up on a school day to see tons of snow outside. And your first thought is, did the Lord bless us with enough snow for school to be canceled, right? And after that thought pops into your brain, me and my sisters would head into my parents' room and listen to the radio, which as I wrote that, I was like, man, that makes us sound like super old school. But that's what we did. We listened to the radio, and, and as they listed all the school districts that were canceled that day. And we would anxiously await and hope that we would hear the blessed words, School District 157. Right? And when those words were announced with that simple phrase, your calendar is wide open. No school. Right? It's like you've been given a blank canvas to paint and the untainted snow outside is symbolic of it. Right? It's a phenomenal experience and the opportunities before you seem endless. Are you going to stay in PJs and watch cartoons all day? Are you going to gather your buddies and play some football in the snow? Are you going to build a snowman, have a massive snowball fight, build a huge snow fort? See, the snow day gives you a better hope for your future, right? <laughs> it's just that powerful. 
Now, as you are all well aware, today is December 31st, right? It's, it's New Year's Eve, meaning 2018 is just a few hours away. And when we come to the end of a year and look ahead to the new year, it, it can oftentimes feel like we're getting a fresh start, right? I mean, after all, it's a, it's a brand new, never seen before year. It's like a journal with blank pages. The stories have yet to be written. And in essence, this new year is a built-in opportunity to start fresh, to start over, to give you a clean slate. We can work to make changes. We can do our best to kick old habits. We can work to improve in certain areas. Now, one of the examples that we see of that, or why we know that to be true, is that many of the New Year's resolutions that perhaps you make, or others you know make at this point in the year, they're centered around this idea of getting a fresh start, right? People say, oh, starting January 1st, I'm going to eat healthy. No more junk food, no more dessert, no more soda. And they pick this random day, or what seems to be kind of random, the start of a new year because it's a built-in fresh start. I mean, why else, you know? So let's, let's do it at, at January 1st. Or people will say, you know, oh, this year I'm going to make exercise a part of my routine. I'm going to make sure I get to the gym at least five times a week. Or we say things like, oh, you know what, I'm going to get my finances in order this year. This year, it's finally going to happen. I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to start living on a budget. And so perhaps in some way, shape, or form, you are one of the multitudes who view 2018, this new year, as a fresh start. Well, in a sense, getting a fresh start is a biblical concept. There are numerous passages throughout Scripture that relate to this idea of a fresh start or a new beginning. Perhaps some of those passages quickly pop into your mind for a few of you. Well, this morning, excuse me, this morning, though, we're going to focus or discuss a few passages that highlight a fresh start. And, And be sure to stick with me because you may find that at some point this morning, the passages that we're talking about apply directly to where you happen to be as 2017 comes to a close. And so as we dive, dive in, I'd invite you all to open up your Bibles or turn in your, or navigate in your, in your, in your apps to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, and we're going to begin, like I said, jumping around to a few different places this morning. But as we dive in, uh, we'll spend some time here talking about Acts chapter 9. Now, if, if there was ever anyone who hated Christianity and followers of Jesus, it was Saul. In fact, the first time Saul's name is mentioned in the Bible, he's giving approval to the stoning of Stephen, who was a follower of Jesus. In the following verses uh, from that stoning uh, that that took place, uh, Paul, or Saul at that point, is leading an effort to persecute and destroy the church in Jerusalem. Now you see, Saul was a Pharisee, or he was a member of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were a branch of Jewish, uh, a a branch of the Jewish religious community. The Pharisees were considered in that day to be the religious leaders, or the experts. However, as if you know, if you've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that it was not uncommon for Jesus to butt heads with these guys, this particular group, during his earthly ministry. 
It was Saul's blind zeal as a Pharisee and for that way of, of believing or that, that, uh, the path that he was on that led him, that zeal, that blind zeal that led him to stomp out or make every effort to stomp out Christianity, which he saw as a threat to his beliefs. It's certainly in opposition to the beliefs of Christianity. And so as you can imagine, Saul was feared by those who followed Jesus. However, a major unexpected shift takes place in the life of Saul in Acts chapter 9. And I want to begin reading for us in verses 1, and then we'll go through verse 5. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, that was Christianity, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now in the following verses from that point, we learn that Saul is, is blinded, literally blinded, could not see as a result of his encounter with Jesus. And so he had to be led into the city of Damascus. Just oh, shortly after that, Jesus then appears to Ananias in a vision. And Ananias was a follower of Jesus, and Jesus instructs him to reach out to Saul. Now, understandably so, Ananias is a little bit hesitant about Jesus' plan, right? He knows exactly who Saul is, and so he's not gung-ho exactly about what the news that Jesus shares with him or the instructions that he gives. In verses 13 and 14, it says, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Again, not all that gung-ho about reaching out to Saul. But Jesus' response to Ananias in verse 15 is pretty incredible, especially when you consider Saul's past. Verse 15 says, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. That's incredible. See, this man who sought to stomp out Christianity is now God's chosen instrument to promote it and to spread it. This is one of the most powerful examples in the Bible of a fresh start. God allowed Saul to have a new beginning, and it came in the form of a saving relationship with God's Son, Jesus in a letter written years later to the church at Corinth, Saul, whose name was later changed to Paul, wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, a well-known verse, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You see, Paul was given a fresh start while on the road to Damascus. His relationship with Jesus made him a new creation. The old has gone. And the new has come. And despite all the evil that Saul had done, Jesus gives him a clean slate. In the Gospel of John, 
Jesus describes Paul's fresh start as moving from death to life. And he's not writing specifically about Paul, but more so our experiences as a whole for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus. John 5, 24 says this, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. You see, Saul's encounter with Jesus allowed him to move from death to life, to become a new creation. I don't know about you, but I would say that is a fresh start. Perhaps you're sitting here this morning and you're in need of the same kind of fresh start that Paul received because you haven't yet made a decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus to save you. In other words, you haven't gone from death to life. See, the reason everyone needs this particular fresh start is because we've all sinned. We've all done things that go against God. And because our sin, whether great or small, it results in death and separation from God, we need to be saved. Paul makes this clear in the book of Romans. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. So we've all sinned. And we all are deserving of death. We're going to be separated from God. And therefore, we all need a fresh start. We're in need of a fresh start that will change our eternity. We need to be saved by Jesus just like Paul was. We need someone to wipe our slate clean. The unfortunate reality is that you and I can't do that on our own, right? We can't make that happen. And as much as we try... We cannot provide our own fresh start. But maybe you've been trying to do that. You've been using or relying on a new job or a school, a new routine, a relationship, or even a New Year's resolution to provide you with that fresh start. But see, the reality is that the freshness that those things offer will eventually fade. Right? I mean, even the new car smell eventually goes bye-bye. And so every time then, we're left in this cycle of having to find that new freshness. What's it going to be this time? More money? New relationships? What what is going to fill us? What is going to plug that hole in our hearts? You see, a fresh start that lasts will only come from a relationship with Jesus. And that kind of fresh start or new beginning is available to you Right now, here this morning, the last day of 2017, all you need to do is something that we say around here is is it's as simple as ABC. All you need to do is admit that you're a sinner who needs a Savior. You can't save yourself. Somebody's got to save you. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that he paid the punishment for your sins. And then commit as best as you know how to live your life for him. It's all about praying and asking God to give you a fresh start. And if that's a decision you make today, if you feel that that pulling on your heart or if you've been dragging your feet and you know this is just something I need to do, we'd love to know that you have made that decision this morning so we can follow up with you. I referenced those connection cards earlier. I'd invite you to simply take one out, write your name on it. On the backside, just put fresh start. Drop it in the offering basket. What we want to do is is follow up with you and be a resource to you as you begin to grow in your faith. 
Because the reality is, the truth of the matter is, there's no better way to start 2018 than by giving your life over to Jesus. It's simply the most important decision that you will ever make. Now, I, I realize that most preachers or sermons will save the gospel presentation for the end, but we started with it, right? We started with it, and so uh, that's not the end of the message. Some of you are like, we're about to be out of here early. Um, <laughs> psych. Um, so here's what I want to do, right? As we kind of turn our attention to a different type of fresh start, I, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, I would imagine it's a passage, it's a story that you are familiar with. It's the story of the prodigal son one that many of you are familiar with, have heard, and it's a story about a fresh start. Now, unfortunately, we don't have time to pack every nuance of the passage. There is many. There is so much depth to this short parable that Jesus tells, and so I'll, I'll do my best to provide you with an overview. The story is about a son who demands his portion of the inheritance from his father so that he can leave his father's house and live life on his own terms. Now, what you and I need to understand is that to demand an inheritance early would have been a sign of huge, massive disrespect. The son is essentially saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. I would rather have your money than have you here with me right now. And despite this massive sign of disrespect that the son shows his father, the father grants his son's request. The son then leaves his father's house, goes out and squanders his inheritance on what Scripture calls wild living. You can let your imagination roam there, right? And unfortunately, though, after blowing his money, there's a severe famine in the land. And as a result of that famine, the son is destitute. Now, he tries to make it on his own by finding a job, but he's still unable to provide for his own basic needs. And to give us an idea of how desperate he was, the Bible says in Luke 15, verse 16, it says, He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. How hungry is this guy? To be hired by somebody else and working in the fields, working with his farm animals, to be feeding the pigs, and to be so hungry that he wants to eat the pigs' food. And yet still no one gave him any. It's at this moment of desperation where he probably feels like, I can't get any lower. But this idea pops into his head. He kind of comes to his senses. It's at this point he decides, I'm going to go home. How many servants does my father have? And they got leftover food. And I'm over here starving. And so this son develops a plan of action upon his return. He's going to apologize to his father. And then he's going to ask to be treated not as a son, but as one of his father's servants. Of course, the climax of the story comes in verse 20. It says, So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. As if that warm reception weren't enough. Check out what the father says next to his son in verses 22 through 24. The father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. You see, in a very real sense, this son is given a fresh 
start. He is welcome home as a son when he doesn't even deserve the role of a servant. He has shown grace and forgiveness even though his actions don't warrant it. He's given a chance to get back on track despite his messy past. Now for you and I, a fresh start is a way for us to deal with our past. It's a way for us to deal with things that have taken place in our lives. I mean, the very reason that we even desire a fresh start is because we already have a story. We already have some sort of life experience, good or bad. In other words, we need a fresh start for a reason. Unfortunately, though, if you're a follower of Jesus, as I am, see, Christians, we often forget. Just like the Israelites we often forget the new life we have in Christ. Meaning, we live as if we haven't already been given a fresh start. We live our lives for ourselves rather than how God wants us to live. It's kind of like what happens to our New Year's resolution by the third week of January. We forget about them and go back to doing whatever we were doing before, right? And this is how it is in our lives as believers. How often we forget what God calls us to the life he calls us to lead, the example he calls us to follow. We forget, and we do our own thing. Well, as you might have guessed, that's not exactly what God desires for us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, Paul writes, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've been given a fresh start. Whenever you put your faith and trust in Jesus that very first time, you were granted a fresh start that you didn't deserve. And yet so many of us live in our old way of life, as if nothing has ever changed. And so perhaps you're in need of a similar type of fresh start that the son received in Luke 15. Maybe you're a Christian, you've put your faith and trust in Jesus for your salvation, but like the son, you've been living for yourself. That's going to look different for everyone. But if that's you, you know exactly what it looks like in your own life. You've been ignoring God and his standards and doing things your own way. And so you're in need of the same grace and forgiveness that the Father offered the Son. You're in need of a fresh start so that you can get back on track. And while you may not be where you want to be, or even where you should be, the good news is that a fresh start is available to you. The grace and forgiveness that God offers, that you need, can be yours. See, like the Father in Luke 15, God is looking for you. He's looking for you, watching the road, seeing if my son or daughter is ever going to come home. He's always ready, and he's always willing to welcome us back home. One commentator about this passage wrote, There can be no doubt that in the Father's welcome of the younger son, Jesus is teaching that the Heavenly Father welcomes returning sinners. He is ready for us. All we have to do is turn back toward him, to pivot, to take that step and head in a new direction. 
to humbly confess our sins and surrender our lives to him. Now, just a quick side note, if that's going to be your reality, and if you're going to take that step in, the, in that direction, while that's fantastic, and that's what God desires, and he's waiting for you with open arms, you also need to understand that that doesn't mean the consequences go away, right? That doesn't mean that God says, hey, now that you've joined me again, let me just wipe away all of those consequences of your sin, the consequences of your actions. No, 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 no. See, the reality is that God is just at the same time that he is gracious and forgiving. And so when you have to reap what you sow, don't be surprised and don't be mad at God because you had it coming, right? God is just. And he's also gracious and compassionate, which is why he even has arms open for you in the first place, which is why we can sing what we sang, come to the altar. The Father's waiting there for you. We can cling to his promises, even in the midst of our brokenness. We can remember what Psalm 103, verses 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So if you made a, follow, a commitment to follow Jesus at some point in your life, but you know your life is not reflective of that decision that you once made, my encouragement to you is to follow the prodigal son example. Come to your senses and recognize that God's way of doing things is better. And turn to him for a fresh start so that you can get back on track. And with a heart and life that's surrendered to God, who knows what he's going to do in you and through you in 2018. But until you make that step and draw close to the Lord, don't even bother asking that question. Because you're fleeing from him. You're separated from him. But he has a different plan for you. As we shift gears one more time, I want to focus on the fresh start that seems like it's never going to happen. You want it to happen. You're longing for it to happen. This new beginning, this fresh start. But it hasn't arrived just yet. Due to your situation or circumstances at the end of 2017, some of you know, as you're sitting here this morning, that January 1st, 2018, is not going to magically produce a fresh start in your life. And while a new year has arrived, you're in the midst of a struggle. You're going through a challenge. You're experiencing some kind of battle. In other words, you're in the trenches. There are so many possible factors that could be contributing to your challenging circumstances. I know there are people in our church who are mourning the death of a family member this past year. They're still wrestling with that, what that new reality looks like, all the questions that they have of God, and figuring out how do they go on. Maybe some of you are dealing with chronic illness and it's been wearing you down. I know some in our church are dealing with infertility, the desire to start a family but are unable to do so. And they're dealing with the weight of that and all that comes with it. Perhaps for some of you, there's just relational strife. It's been ongoing. There's divide, there's division, maybe within your own family or extended family or at work. It's wearing you down. Maybe long-term unemployment has made life challenging. Whatever the scenario, it has you wishing and hoping and longing for a fresh start. 
but it doesn't appear to be coming anytime soon. And if that's your situation this morning, my hope is to provide you with some encouragement. I certainly can't fix your situation, nor can I answer all of your questions, and the reality is that there may not be answers to some of your questions. However, my hope is to highlight a few passages of Scripture that will simply serve you well as you try to find strength to take the next step. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes about a thorn in his flesh, an ongoing issue, an ongoing problem in his life. Scripture doesn't specify what that thorn was, but we know it produced enough challenge and pain and discomfort in Paul's life that he wanted it gone. He wanted to get rid of it. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 8 says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Three times he pleaded with God asking for the thorn to be removed. Three times he asked God for a fresh start, a new beginning, relief from the situation that he was in. For those of you who are in the trenches this morning, I want you to pay special attention to what God says to Paul in verse 9. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You see, God's grace is sufficient for you. His grace is enough to carry you through whatever you're dealing with. And his power is made perfect in your weakness. Now I realize we may not feel like we're experiencing God's grace. We may not even feel like he's with us at all. But that's when we need to hold tightly to the promises of Scripture. We need to have what we call true faith. A faith that understands or a faith that believes that God is who he says he is. And that he's going to do everything he promised to do. And as we strive to have that kind of faith, may Paul's response become our response to all that we're going through. After God makes this statement to him, Paul responds, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So you may not be experiencing the fresh start that you desire, but rest assured that in your weakness, it is God who makes you strong. Finally, as we, or as you endure all that life is throwing at you, I'd encourage you to keep Romans 8.28 in mind. A verse I'm sure many of you know, unfortunately one that gets twisted a little bit. Paul writes, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. In all things God works for the good of those who love him. And because this verse is one that tends to get abused a little bit, we need to break that down for just a moment. It says, and we know, not guess, not speculate, not even hope, we know that in all things, not in some things, all things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, 
God works for the good of those who love him. He is working for your good. Now, to be clear, this is not what you think would be good, right? But what he knows you need and what he knows would be good for you. Ultimately, whatever situation that you're going through, it's all about Jesus molding you into his image. God using whatever circumstances and scenarios are going on in your life, whatever challenges, whatever battles, whatever uphill struggles you know you're going to be facing, it's all so you can become more like Jesus. You may not like it. You may want it to change. But that's God's ultimate purpose in your struggle. He's not looking to make 2018 more comfortable for you. He's not looking for 2018 to make it the best year ever for you. He wants you to become more like Jesus. And that's it. Lecrae is a rapper who is also a follower of Jesus. I've been listening to his music for years, and this fall he released an album called All Things Work Together. One of the tracks on his album is entitled 828. It's a song that we've been, it's a song about what we've been discussing, Romans 828. And when the service ends, it's going to be the first song you hear over the house speakers, rap in church. I know it. I can't wait. But for now, I want to read you a few lines from the chorus. He writes, it's going to all work out sooner than later. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. It's going to work out in your favor. Just keep your head to the sky. Keep your eye on the prize. Now, when you couple that with Scripture, as he does, that's his desire. And if you know Jesus then you can be confident that he will use everything in your life for your good, meaning your sanctification, so that you can become more like Jesus, set apart, holy, righteous. Knowing that, we don't have to worry. Just like Lucrae says, which I realize is easier said than done, but not worrying is a whole lot easier when we stay focused on Jesus. Since our trip to Ecuador with Compassion in late November, I've probably listened to that song a hundred times. That song, no joke, that song and one other took on new meaning during our trip. And we get back to, Aaron and I would get back to our hotel room where we were staying at the end of the day and that we just play that constantly. These songs in, in, from this album from Lecrae in our hotel room, we just play it over and over again. And the reason is because we know as 2018 arrives, our sponsor, Child Gyra, is not going to get a fresh start. See, her family dynamics aren't going to change that quickly. The fact that her mom wants nothing to do with her and is home only one out of 20 days a month, or every 20 days, the fact that her father loves her and wants to care for her and wants to provide for her, but because of his job, is only home every eight to nine days, her family dynamics are not going to change that quickly. Her living situation isn't going to improve anytime soon either. The fact of the matter is it's probably going to get worse. January begins the rainy season in Ecuador, and her living situation is probably going to become even more unbearable than it already is. And I'm sure Jaira and her family would love a fresh start. And Aaron and I would so badly love for them to have a fresh start. And yet they remain in the trenches. 
they face an uphill battle as 2018 arrives. However, I know that God has a plan for Jireh. And I know that God has a plan for you. I know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And I know that his grace is sufficient. And so until that fresh start comes, cling tightly to the Lord because he has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. So as we close, my hope and prayer is that 2018 will be a great year for you. But no matter what happens, let's be sure to take advantage of the fresh start that God is offering each and every one of us. Let's be sure to cling to the hope that we have in him and the strength he provides, even in our weakness. And as Paul instructs in 1 Thessalonians, let's give thanks in all circumstances. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for your word. We're grateful for, God, fresh starts that you provide, fresh starts that you offer to us. First and foremost, from a, through a relationship with your son, Jesus. God, if there's any here this morning who have yet to make that decision, I pray that that would take place. God, help us not to forget the fresh start that you've offered to us, the fresh start that you made available to us, God, that you are, are someone who is waiting for us to return and call us back home, God, and that you offer us the grace and the strength that we need even in our weakness, God, even in our challenges and our battles. God, and I pray that 2018 would be a year in which we all live committed to you for your honor and for your glory. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen.